This is an audio version of The Winding Path to Success by Retained Learnings. Welcome to the 62 subscribers who have joined the Retained Learnings community over the last two weeks. If you haven't subscribed, join the 210 of us on this journey by subscribing at retainedlearnings.io. As always, please reply directly to this email to let me know your thoughts or forward it to someone you think would find it valuable. I have been desperate to become successful for my entire life. I grew up upper middle class. My mother was a medical doctor. As an OBGYN, she delivered thousands of babies during a 40-year career. She lived her passion and provided a stable income for my two brothers and me. My father was a lawyer by training, but he didn't practice. Instead, he devoted his life to raising his boys and running my mother's medical practice. My parents were ardent believers in education, and they happily paid for me to attend a private school in Baltimore called Gilman. Gilman provided me with an outstanding education and surrounded me with driven, hardworking, intelligent students. Due to the tuition requirements, most of my classmates were students from wealthier families. Sadly, rising malpractice insurance premiums crippled my family's financial security as I entered middle school. Simultaneously, my two brothers attended private universities that my parents paid for in post-tax dollars. I had a front row seat to see how quickly economic fortunes could turn at an early age. Despite racking up crushing debt load over those years, my family never suffered from food or shelter insecurity. I had the great fortune of being raised by two incredibly loving and committed parents. I was born in the United States of America during a period of unprecedented prosperity, peace, and tranquility. To say that I had an incredibly fortunate and privileged upbringing would be an understatement. Despite my relative privilege, compared to the billions of people who have suffered from war, famine, plague, and dislocation over millennia of human existence, I chose to compare myself to my fellow private school students. Their families were far more financially stable. Age brings perspective, but these formative years left a mark on my psyche and a burning desire to become successful. Later in my life, my parents split from one another. As I transitioned out of the military, my father's physical and mental health rapidly deteriorated as he struggled with depression, alcohol addiction, and isolation. My father found it impossible to secure steady work due to his deteriorating health, and his financial outlook was incredibly bleak. At 28 years old, I felt the tremendous weight of needing to provide for my father financially, just as I departed a steady paying job to attend an MBA program. So as I entered Wharton, I committed to making as much money as possible as quickly as possible to avoid this sort of situation for myself. The thought of being 65 years old, unable to secure a job with failing health and no savings makes me physically ill. In the fall of 2018, my father died suddenly during my first month at Wharton. I was devastated. Grief is a complicated emotion that I'll dissect in a future post. Still, the worst part of this experience was the relief I felt about not needing to provide for him financially in the coming years, an emotion that haunts me today. Do we all feel this way? The Marine Corps allowed me to interact with people from every socioeconomic background. Attending Wharton exposed me to an equally broad range. I had a classmate who grew up in a refugee camp in Africa, while others were the children of literal billionaires. Most Wharton classmates fell between these extremes, 
but we all felt a deep desire to become successful in the eyes of the outside world. On the lower end of the socioeconomic ladder, we want to become successful to avoid the pain and misery of poverty or to prove our worth to others. More money means more security, which means we can provide for the people we love. The children of privilege are similarly motivated towards success to outgrow their parents' shadows. They want to stand on their own two feet and achieve something for themselves. This post is about success, the pursuit of success and how we measure it. Financial prosperity is the most commonly used metric in America for measuring success for young professionals, but it's a yardstick that is sure to leave us with a vacuous emptiness. How we're taught to think about success. As children, our schools train us that we can measure success via a scoreboard, get good grades, score well on the SATs, accumulate enough points to gain acceptance to a university. The rules of life for externally validated success as a child are evident. The adults define success, give us boundaries and limits, and then encourage us to push towards specific outcomes. For instance, consider this common path. Graduate from college, which leads to a job, which leads to success. By the time we reach adulthood, we believe that the game of life looks like this. A graph on the x-axis with age, on the y-axis with success. You start towards the lower left, and you hope to, be, to achieve a quadrant in the upper right. On the x-axis, time marches forward. No matter what you do with your limited remaining days on this earth, you'll continue to move from left to right across this graph until your death. We hope to also move up on the y-axis over time through our efforts. I've left the y-axis deliberately vague for now. We'll reconsider in a few paragraphs. You can also feel free to substitute your own subjective de definition for success along the y-axis. We begin our journey young, but we haven't accomplished anything noteworthy in our lives. Nonetheless, we know that if we work hard, we'll achieve success over time. This belief is a fundamental organizing principle of our society, the American dream. We organize and structure our lives around this principle. Work hard and you will succeed. Truthfully, we're all hoping for this that same graph beginning in the bottom left, but rather the age has not moved as far and success is higher. This represents success early in life. The number of people who achieve wild success early in life is astronomically low, yet they occupy an outsized portion of our media attention, making it challenging to ignore these outliers. It is, however, Effortless to overlook the role luck and timing play in these outcomes or the financial head start many of these people have. Here's a quick thought experiment. If the above graph depicts your existence and you achieve success early, would you stop working? Would you sit back and bask in the glory of achieving what you initially set out to achieve or would you set new, loftier goals? If you're listening to this, I suspect that you are the type who would continue working in some capacity, setting new goals and comparing yourself to a different strata of successful people. For the rest of us, we expect the pursuit of success will be a straight line. Our brains ignore the myriad successful people who talk about failures and dirt along the path. A linear journey to achieving our dreams is a myth. The journey is always arduous. Failure is a guarantee and ultimately success in one arena of life requires sacrifice in others. More typically, the path to success winds its way up and down over time. 
the path from where we are today to where we find ourselves later in life makes sense only in retrospect. In school, we learn history as a cohesive narrative. X event led to Y outcome. Real life is much more complicated. If we were to take the place of a famous figure from history, their success would not appear obvious or guaranteed. In the above graphic, we see a person who finds success later in life after repeated failure. What if this person had given up on their journey prematurely? Suffering another crushing defeat, this person decided not to continue learning, growing, and changing, but rather crumbled under the agony of failure. We'd never see that final peak. Regardless of whether you achieve success early in life or after repeated failure, you will likely continue working towards new goals and new heights over the span of a 40-year career. We don't need to be in a rush to achieve success young in life. Instead, we need to find contentment in the day-to-day struggle. The journey is the destination. This maxim is incredibly challenging to internalize, but tremendously beneficial to remember. No matter what path you are pursuing, you'll find struggles along the way. In your pursuit of greatness, you will fail repeatedly. If you do not fail personally and professionally, you likely are not pushing yourself to achieve your full potential. This means that we will spend most of our lives outside of our comfort zones. Spending our lives outside of our comfort zone makes it critical that we enjoy the ride. Unfortunately, there is no magical destination down the road that will render us happy. After all, your definition, your destination from five years ago is likely where you find yourself today. What is success? How do you define and measure it? I would pose a few variables that frequently arise. One, financially, your income, net worth, home ownership, assets, 401k. Number two, the strength of your relationships, romantic, family, and friendships. Number three, your work-life balance, the number of hours you work per week, the time off per year, ability to travel and take vacation. The variables we choose to prioritize will affect how we measure successful outcomes. A breakneck pursuit of external validation is a surefire way to optimize for the wrong results. Moreover, success in one arena requires sacrifice in others. It is never too late to reconsider our optimal outcomes and prioritize according to new metrics of success. I hope you enjoyed this post. If it added value to your life, I would ask that you forward it to a friend who you think would benefit from listening to it. As always, I look forward to your feedback. Thank you.